Why did you marry him? He told me he loved me. Oh, that sounds good. episode 437 bounding through brosnan part two tomorrow never dies and i'm matt Durson. and uh delicious john hunt clay inferno backseat driver well we were talking about how we're going to do this bond thing and we figured pierce brosnan only did four so we'll just do four of them why and not so this one we have the right to right to change our minds yeah we all we always do yeah, yeah. We might we not, not even do all of them. So there you go. Sorry. Tomorrow Never Dies came out in 1997. Directed by Roger Spottiswood, which I just love to say that name. Scott Turner so. and Hooch fame. Yeah, Turner and Hooch and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, boy. That's a, uh, quite a pedigree. Yeah. He was like, I said I would direct a Bond movie. They were probably like, oh, no, no, that's okay. That's, don't mm. worry about it. No, but <laughs> Martin Campbell didn't come back. They said, okay, we got okay, it. Get that Turner and Hooch guy. Yeah. We used to have a <laughs> Tom copy. Tom is big now. <laughs> we used to have a copy of Turner and Hooch that we kind of like would pass around with me and my friends. And somebody left it in a practice space or something. We kept wrapping it up and giving it to each other for birthday <laughs> presents and, and Christmas and stuff. It got passed around quite a few times. That's pretty good. It, there was a lot of pressure, according to my, from what I read, that like to follow up and there there was so much pressure in fact that uh, they didn't have the script ready when they started filming crazy rush and, and they didn't even finish the script really yeah they were faxing pages over as they were filming which ha- does happen in hollywood it's not totally unheard of but it's pretty so the one thing i so they were, they were writing the script bruce firestein worked on golden eye he wrote some of the scripts and they had a couple other guys including our old pal nicholas meyer take a pass at it oh really yeah, sure. From our Star Trek, you know, go back and listen to our Star Trek episodes. We talk a lot I used about. To, it. I used to own a, like a first draft copy of Tomorrow Never Dies many years ago. Wow, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I don't remember it well. I just remember the opening sequence was a little different. He's climbing up like this frozen glacier waterfall thing to get to that arms bazaar. Yes, and I think. There was something else about a boat, but I don't know if it was the stealth boat. But I seem to recall like a yacht being a main story point in it. I could be wrong. That's 25 years ago. <laughs> it's just, this is a long time ago, isn't it? They were they originally wanted to have like a they wanted to release the film the, the MGM who owned the rights and like they wanted to release the film in, in conjunction with their stock going public, their public stock stock offering. So that was another part of the pressure that they were feeling to, to do it to deliver a really good movie so um plot wise they wanted to also coincide it with this political thing that was happening which was to have hong kong be returned back to the chinese people but they right? kind of pivoted the story and the plot to not do that but they were trying to time it that way because it was going to yeah, be like that, was... that year that, that yeah happened. they were kind of just didn't really get it done but you know eh. and the other interesting thing uh, the, so they were also you know they were throwing around titles they knew that the 
the name of Elliot Carver's newspaper was Tomorrow. And they, so they were throwing different titles around. They were toying with Tomorrow Never Lies. But, yeah. But there was a typo. In, <laughs> in the, they liked the, the typo. Pages. They went and they the were typo. like, oh, we like dyes. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. And the studio was like, yes, that's the name. There you go. But I originally, I really liked this one. I don't know. Watching it recently, I was like, well, all right, I can see. I feel, I feel like the opposite. I feel that like, I feel like I really liked it when it came out, and then I think I sort of started to sour on it because of you know, the other Brosnan Bond films. I started to lump them in with that, and I was like, yeah, oh, I got a, a taint. Yeah, <laughs> he only did he only did one good one, Goldeneye. But I feel returning to it recently, I enjoyed it quite a bit again. And I watched it with Mrs. Elder, and she enjoyed it quite a bit. We had to, we had a couple big uh, belly laughs from some of the jokes that maybe weren't really that funny, but to us were. All right. Well, yeah. I want to. We might as well get right into. I I feel like one thing I will say as far as whether or not it's aged or whatever is like the character of Elliot Carver, who was everyone always yeah, kind of like, oh, it's Rupert Murdoch, you know, mm-hmm. head of Fox. But he's actually based on this guy, Robert Maxwell, who was a member of parliament and he owned his own like media company too. And he was also a suspected spy and just like this, I don't know. It's very, I'm going to say it's very Trump. No, there's you know, more, uh, I think well, actually there's I, a little bit more, more to it. Like he, I feel yeah. like he's a little bit Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs too. I feel like this sure. Sure. is pretty good to watch in retrospect, not only because of the tech, but it doesn't really feel that old. Even the cell phones and GoldenEye was, and him getting an email was like a big deal. This one really seems... They, he has a futuristic James Bond smartphone that drives his car, right? But we look at that and just that looks normal now because we have smartphones. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I feel like, drones and stuff that you can control with your phone. And drones. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like he was... All of those things. Rupert Murdoch, uh, your parliamentary yeah, if you threw guy. all those guys into a transporter and melded them together, you'd come out with Elliot Carver. And no yep. no scar on this guy's face or anything. He's a different kind of villain for James Bond in this. It's, yes, true. Very true. I mean, it's really, I, I think it was kind of ahead of the time, if anything, yeah. right? I mean, they're obviously nobody, when they were writing the script, didn't know who Jeff Bezos or, or any of those yeah, people were. Yeah, but it, it's... In, in many ways, it's more relevant now because of the way media yeah. is everywhere and right. and that media moguls and all misinformation is every place. So, yeah, like, I mean, not like, even talking about Tomorrow Never Dies here, but you guys all thought we were. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the Zoom meeting I just had, but I had to do it on those big. You see the president now with his his big, huge screens he has in front of him when he does a, like a Zoom meeting with some plumber in Ohio, <laughs> you know? But like back then, they that was all CRTs and old school video projectors and all these computers yeah, even, they had to even make like writing on an, on an, like an iPad. Yeah, yeah. totally. They, they guessed right in a lot of things that makes it really feel like this movie could have come out five years ago or something, you know and what I mean? My, Favorite thing about it is the big deal they make about GPS. They're like, GPS! They, they can't get enough of GPS. And I'm going to GPS. And by the way, the GPS <laughs> system. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. I thought yeah. now, it's in, now it's on my watch. You know? Yeah, they have the CGI satellite. But also, you know, we'll get to the story, but there's a part where the bad guy is like, 
don't touch that fucking satellite. It's worth $300 million. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah, like, bought it. Yeah. And right. then two two minutes later, James Bond throws somebody into it. It's all made of foam core. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Like, Elder was like, why do they just have that hanging around in the office building? If you know, yeah, it seems like a weird place to keep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, I, I think, like, the idea that, like, manipulating the news, too, like, not just all the technology, but, I mean, like, you think, like, we have Twitter and stuff, yeah, misinformation and stuff, it, it's kind of the same as what Elliot Carver was doing, I mean, it's very much the same as what Elliot Carver was doing, feeding the misinformation to get people riled up or, or, or whatever, you know, and it's just, it's... Although he was actually changing real-world events right. to suit his misinformation. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It's Rather than just throwing a meme out there. Right. He was actually right. using his GPS. His G- yeah. So actually, oh yeah. So the, so the storyline is that this Elliot Carver, who runs the Carver Media Group, Jonathan Price, who is always always a bad guy pretty much in everything he's ever been always in. Always good. Not in Caribbean. Not in the Pirates of the Caribbean. He's uh, in uh, which? Glengarry Glen Ross. Glengarry Glen Ross. That's right. He plays the, the weenie guy. Yeah. So Sweet. not always a bad guy. No, you're right. But most, I guess this in Game of Thrones. That's basically it. Okay. Yeah. So that... anyway, <laughs> two things. But anyway, so he, they have this in the opening of the movie, which the only thing the opening really relates to is that guy Gupta that you were talking about. Uh... He was in Mammoth Films too. Yeah. He's a buddy of Dave Man. And he's a, mus- he's a he's... magician. Yes. You know? Well, Ricky J. He's, he's passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry, Tim. Was he in Boogie Nights? Yeah, he was in a lot of things. Yeah, he was Ron Jeremy. Every... <laughs> He'd be the perfect Ron Jeremy actor. I think he was just a cameraman in Boogie Nights. But yeah. So anyways, yeah. So he's at the beginning of the movie with that encoder, which is the GPS thing. That's like the MacGuffin. I, I so... want to talk about this beginning here for a second. Oh, sure. So because I enjoyed say. it. Yeah. A couple things. Uh, one, I don't know if Pierce Brosnan was unavailable to film or if he was he had an injury or something. But 90% of that is his stunt double. Wow. Dude stuff the other thing I, part of the movie apparently where he got hit in the face and needed like stitches uh yeah that's what happened film that time. side of his face for most of yeah it. but um, also i don't know if that's this or not but yeah so apparently he did get and uh one, the other thing is, that i want to talk about uh, this this is one of the british guys that's in the mi6 headquarters there i don't think he has much to say at this part but later on when they did you leak this and they and they, the guy's like, Christ, they'll have a field yeah, day. With I remember yeah, the, the other guy though, the guy that's oh. bald and pasty, he's got kind of weird teeth. And I turned to Mrs. Elder. I said, That is the most British person on the face of the earth. And we just <laughs> chuckled about that man for twenty minutes because he is the most British. It's just a, yeah. so this is kind of a typical. I mean, it's it's perfect James Bond opening. Because he, they see all these terrorists and they're basically exchanging these guns and, and all this stuff. And so they, one of the pasty old British guys, not the ball guy, but the other guy is like, okay, I've seen enough. And he's yeah, that guy was on, he was on a TV show with Dame Judi Dench, like the, a long running, I think it was like a sitcom or something. Oh, okay. Well, she's not very nice to him here. Well, <laughs> they probably weren't, the, he has recently passed away as well. So. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. The, the idea is, I mean, so he's playing this snooty British guy who's, okay, we're going to just blow them all up, launch the missile and blow up all. But then there's a nuclear missile there, a jet with a nuclear missile on it. So if that blows up, then they say it'll make Chernobyl look like. Picnic. Yeah, but it's the, there's a Russian guy there in the, his coalition in MI6 
the Russian guy is like, oh, shit, don't blow that thing up. Right. <laughs> uh, because they're about to call the naval strike to send yeah. a rocket to, to blow the whole thing up. And I have blow to say, the whole... there's an actor that I like that's Charles Robinson. Oh, he's a, I think he's Colin Tanner. Salmon. And that guy is, he plays Zod in, in Krypton, and he's an arrow, and he's like in a bunch of stuff. And I was like, hey, I know that guy from Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, like, the most British guy that I know, too. He's from, he's on Downton Abbey. I was just looking him up. <laughs> oh, there's a whole Downton Abbey thing. There's like 10, the creator, the prime minister, Julian Fellows, and uh, Hugh Bonneville. There's a whole slew of Samantha Bonds. We're all on Downton Abbey. I could, we could start that Downton Abbey podcast tomorrow if you want. Uh, Downton Abbey meets Bond podcast. Abbey, there you go. Oh, patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. There's only two of you here. Okay, so the... I just sent a picture of him to you guys. Oh yeah, that's Julian Fellows. Oh, he is the, the most creator. British man. Crazy. So, uh, the thing that I like, typical Jade's Bond fashion. He has thirty seconds or something. Oh, you know, missile. Well, they they shoot the missile, and then it's like out of range within they half a mile. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't stop it, and Bond because Bond was there monitoring or you know sending the the video to them. He's now he's going to save the day, uh, but I love it. He walks up, even though he's got like a minute to save everything. He it's walks up and he yeah. he lights the guy's cigarette for him, and then punches the guy. In the face. Punch <laughs> yeah. He takes the time to say, "Fill the habit," despite the fact that James Bond used to smoke. Oh my god! But maybe that's why he's like, "It's filthy the habit." That's why yeah, I gave it up. I know. I kicked <laughs> it. I kicked it. I I went on Chantix, and uh, I'm fine. <laughs> So yeah, he's got the, he blows up a whole bunch of stuff, kills a bunch of guys, gets in the plane that has the missile that can't blow up. He has to punch out the dude with his helmet. Yeah. Because when we were uh, watching it, Mrs. Elder missed that part, and she's like, "He didn't notice there was a guy in the back seat." And I was, like, "He punched him out. Stop turning around." He's, yeah, he so he takes off, but then the guy wakes up who after he got punched out and is well, like, yeah, just did, they come just in time." He yeah. takes off just but in time. When, Him he's the, in the plane, when he's in the plane, the most hilarious thing happens. He's driving the plane and just shooting everything. He kind of goes, takes the plane in a circle and is shooting everything in the airfield. It's so <laughs> funny. It's hilarious. And then he, no, he takes off. Hey, wouldn't you do that if you had all these guys trying to kill you? He flips over a, a truck with his yeah. exhaust. So. Think of all the terrorists he's taken out just like that. So, but anyway, yeah. In a nick of time, he makes it before just the. Just a nick of time. Plane. He takes off. The whole thing is blowing up. While, while another plane is taking off. Like another plane. Now that the plane, the other plane happens to be flying right above him while he's getting choked out by the, the guy that yeah, well, he knocked out. They have a dogfight first, then it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Right over him. No, 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 no. He does like <laughs> that flip where he goes over the guy, right? And then comes underneath him, is what he does. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't. I guess I pay attention. I'm like Mrs. Elder. I didn't. She turned away for one second, and something important happens. I say every time we watch something, but she turns away, (laughs) and the the big reveal happens. And then, yeah, y'all have phones and stuff these days. You know, it's not. Yeah, no, can't you can't just sit there and watch something? It's too many distractions. I know. But it is a cool moment. I know I made fun a little bit, but it is very cool because the plane is right above him. The guy's choking him out. He pulls the eject seat. And the somehow guy... the other plane blows up when he. Well, yeah, the, the other plane just. But he ejects the guy right into the plane. Yeah, it's a good gag. <laughs> yeah, it's a good gag. 
But uh, I don't know. He must have been an explosive dude or something. Yeah, he, was, he had a real explosive personality. Maybe that should have been the pun instead of explosive back. personality. That doesn't make. <laughs> I was watching Mr. Sunday movies and they were talking about that. They're like, it seems like it'd be a scene out of a Hot Shots movie or something. <laughs> right, right. That was really funny. I love those guys. It is kind of, it's like that scene in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. Rodin's, Jack the guy. Rodin's mouth. Yeah. And that, let's, we should combine those. Yeah. Uh, combine those ourselves with Mr. Sunday movies because I don't ever do one of these without seeing if they did this movie. <laughs> and I always watch it. So then, yeah, he, he gets away and he calls home and he's like, yep, I got your missile. Ask him where he'd like his missile delivered or whatever. Yeah. And then he started, then he looks at the radio and he's like, well, I hope this thing's on. I hope you're being, you'll be able to hear me. Heard my zingers, oh God, right? Let, let, let me know if, if this is, oh God, I hope this is working. And then he that's turns my, it to that's show. My call, that's my callback to the Golden Eye watch along with him. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Remember, he just got, I told you, he kept saying that during the movie. Just going, I hope this is working. <laughs> hope you can see me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you can see my chickens outside running around. <laughs> also, MI6 has these big, ridiculous video projectors. They were probably just setting up those video screens for fucking days, taking them down. Well, they probably them just reused that set and redecorated it a little bit. True. Probably that when Nicholas Meyer was writing the script, like, how can we reuse the same set and make it look a little different? And he's yeah. like, I got a million of those tricks. Yeah, I, I wrote Star Trek, for God's sake. Yeah, and then we made the Reliant and the Enterprise, the same thing. And then the yeah. the Klingon bridge and the transporter room on the whatever, regular one, were the same thing and stuff. So he knows yeah. a thing or two about a thing or two. Now, let's talk about this shitty Cheryl Crow song. I, oh. I was just gonna say, I was listening to it a little. I just was as I was getting ready. I'll throw that Cheryl Crow song. Out. Oh yeah, it's not um, good. Uh, I mean, it's, as Cheryl Crow like, songs go, it's, I guess it's probably one of the better ones she ever sang. But is the Katie I, Lang song any better? Somebody said it was. I didn't bother. The listening Katie to Lang song sounds more like a traditional James Bond, and you can hear that incorporated into the score dave which look that's another thing let's the get score into on that this, yeah the score on this is amazing whereas the last movie was terrible they've got the david arnold to score this movie and he sounds like an updated john barry full brassiness and all this other stuff and the katie lang song sounds like a bond song for better or worse depending on your opinion but he incorporates that song into this beginning sequence where it's you know with the horns and stuff and the melody of the song so i understand uh, it to be that there was some sort of contest to for that song well was, uh, i entered it you if you've it? seen john's youtube videos yes, uh, uh, you'll no, see me, my james bond but unfortunately i had it, it was still called tomorrow never lies and and i and i was like never no never never that's how it went. The whole yeah. song. <laughs> oh, well. I guess you didn't win, huh? Yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, we, after the shitty stroke. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad song. I feel like she's uh, reaching, like straining while singing. It sounds like it's just out of her range or something. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's 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 not the worst song I've ever heard. The uh, animation is not good. The animation is pretty cool. And the Tomorrow Never Dies logo is like, Every logo, that's the, every band in 1997. It was the same the font of the magazine around. I used to work at. That's all I ever thought about. It was like that was the on the cover. Tomorrow never Just dies. Stick a, font. 
stick a 1997 band name in there, like 311 or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what it looked like. All of my clothes had logos like that on it. That was my. It's a good band, font, so. you know. But yeah, it works. Animation yeah. is like kind of cool, but and they kind of throw back to just having a Helvetica type typeface that I thought was kind of cool. That mm-hmm. it looked like an old James Bond. Yeah, that's Daniel Kleinman who did Goldeneye too. He came back to do. He did all the credits for the Brosnan movies and the first Craig one, and then skipped one and then has done the rest. This was better than Goldeneye, I thought. The I, opening. I, 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 you know what? I think I like the Goldeneye one better because it was the first time I, I was seeing an updated version Boop. of. Uh, yeah. Boobs. Like yeah. where they were, where it wasn't, you know, like let's let's throw a blue light on this lady in silhouette, Roger Moore, and just flash a 007 and laser lights across a lady's chest or something, you know. I mean, it's fine. I, I don't know, whatever. I don't yeah, think no, but I, I think it's cool. It was fine. Yeah. I liked the Golden Eye one a little better. That's all. Yeah. Might get noisy in here in a second. Mrs. Elder has to come to get something. Okay. Well, I got a train going. I'll mute by. myself if that. If so. Anyway, James Bond is then sent to, he's, you know, he's with a lady. You kind of see a little bit of her bum. That's kind of, oh, like, yeah, you know. That's what I'm risk, talking about. It's risque for James Bond. But he's learning uh, Danish at Oxford. That's right. Lady. Brushing up with a little Danish. Mmm, Danish. Started eating. Pierce Bronson did this funny thing dish. with women. Where he would, like, nibble at them. Like, it was weird. He, like, bit them a lot. Looking like mm. that's just something he's I into noticed. pain. I was looking at, I, I was trying to figure out his technique. You know, maybe I could pick up a couple. Of... <laughs> anyway, so he's sent to infiltrate this Elliot Carver's big reveal, or whatever it is that he's revealing. I guess I don't even remember what the it's news network, yeah. His, his basically his CNN, I guess. He goes, he's being sent there because Elliot Carver is married to. A former flame, Paris, who was played by Terry Hatcher, who is gorgeous. I'm just going to say right now. But apparently she was three months pregnant while they were filming this. What the heck is up? I mean, wow. Yeah, I know, right? Believe that. So uh, it didn't matter. When he takes her clothes off, she... They shoot it from the back. Not that she was showing all that much for three months pregnant because she looks fine in her dress and everything. But when they right. had like the sexy scene, they were kind of like, we'll just shoot it from here. And hey, I, I was fine with that view. Yeah, it's a good yeah, shot. Got no problem. Got no uh, truck with that. She was voted like just the year before this because she was on the Adventures of Lois and Clark. And she was voted sexiest woman on TV before that. There you go. Also, her and Pierce Brosnan did not get along. Apparently, well, what I read was she was late to the set and he got mad at yeah, her, not realizing mad. that she was pregnant. Morning she was like she throwing was up. Yeah, yeah right. probably puking and stuff. And a couple of things about that I, I, I learned about Terry Hatcher. Thank you, Dursa, for that book, by the way, because chapter by chapter, there's every Bond, every Bond movie. Initially, she did it because her husband wanted her to do it so that he could say that he had sex with a with a bond girl (laughs) and he was like i'll do it i'll do it just even just to make him happy and then she said a couple things like that positive about it but then later she did sort of say there wasn't really anything to do i didn't i kind of regret taking the role so 
I think she's at least conflicted about how she's felt about it over the years. Yeah. Um, being in the movie because, yeah, she's not... They don't write really characters for movies like this anymore. Characters. It's really kind of not much going on with her. Like, well, yeah, but... she's only in, like, two or three scenes. And it's she's all like, yeah. six minutes, you know, or something. Like, it is kind of a waste of Terry Hatcher. You could have had, like, anybody, really. Any, like, any attractive woman. She but doesn't see, have to be it, a name. It, it, it adds to it by having a name. That's true. Yeah, that's then true. you're not. Then you. Then you don't expect it when it's when she's taken out. Right. So Monica Bellucci screen tested for the role of Paris Carver, who later was Inspector. Inspector. Uh, I think that would have been highlight. a good choice. In fact, I didn't realize this at the time, but remember when we used to do Secret Monkey and I did those nup pages in the at the end of each book, and it was yeah. Ms. Hornet Sting's gonna get you, whatever. I right. based I based that pose on a, a picture of her without even realizing it. Wow. Recently, Monica Bellucci. My God, she's yes, subconscious. She's still lovely. Yeah, she is. She's like fifty something, but still. Yeah, she's lovely. like me. She keeps getting better looking as she gets older. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that she did get a chance to be in a Bond movie later because they turned yeah, her down. She, she said she was too young, I think, or she was too old. I don't even remember what, what no, which one it was. So she had about as much screen time in Spectre as Terry Hatcher did in Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> yeah. But at least she was age appropriate for Daniel Craig. Yeah. Right. yeah. At this party, when he comes across Paris Carver and she slaps him and, you know, they have their little confrontation. But he also comes across Michelle Yeoh, the other Bond girl. Jeez. I thought she was a great different take on, you know, because she was famous for being the female Jackie Chan, basically. And that's not even giving her enough credit, I guess, to say yeah. that. But that's just as a way. She was yeah. a this actress who did all her own stunts and all that stuff. And, and... She wanted to do more on this movie, actually. And the director was like, well, slow down. I mean, you could do some, but it's too expensive. Like, let's but watch, them, but... Watching those Rush Hour movies when they came out and Jackie Chan does no stunts in them, you're like, why am I even watching this then? Why am I watching this? Yeah, no well, reason. I gotta say that Michelle Yeoh, star on Star Trek Discovery, and she's still doing her own stunts. She still looks badass. She looks like she did back then with her uniform is kind of all black because she's part of Section 31. So it was like the, she was, she's playing the same character from this fucking movie. It's, she's still kicking ass. Yes, so that's good to know. I mean, she is amazing. Apparently, this in the motorcycle scene, which we'll get to, but she was telling the stunt guys because she was riding on the motorcycle with with like a stunt guy. She's like, "Go faster! I want my hair to be blowing in the wind." But some of them were some of the stunt guys were afraid to fight with her because they thought she was going to fight too hard. <laughs> she would kick them really or whatever. But and it was all so Jackie Chan's uh, stunt. They were all on a team. They were all like in a kind of like a stunt dojo together with Michelle Yeoh. So there are people she worked with before. That's cool. Anyway, I love her. Great choice and a great, a different role. I know for as little as Paris Carver had to do, it was kind of the complete opposite. Like Michelle Yeoh was right there pretty much equal with James Bond and and everything. And they could... More than equal. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Right. Maybe more than equal. Yes. I would watch a, a Waylon. Uh... Yeah spin-off movie that would have been better than a jinx movie yeah definitely no we'll get there tomorrow what 
what's the last one? What's the last browser? What am I going to Yes, thank you. We'll get there. We'll get Talk there. So, yeah, James Bond is there. Like Paris Carver is making his big... They First of all, they capture him because they, they know that he's... I, I actually like the logic here that Ricky Jay says, Elliot Carver's like, what's up with this guy? And he's like, oh, well, you know, he's dotted every T, crossed every I. He's like, what does that mean? Government agent. Yeah. Like... When you have no nothing on your record, no bad things on your record, then you're fake. I kind of like that. So it's this is still very much like hackers, you know. He's doing his background thing, but he's also in a room with a lot of video monitors watching the party and enhance the video. What are they saying? Oh yeah, yes. enhance the audio. Turn down the thing. Yeah. 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 So that he finds out that. He and his Paris, his wife, and James Bond had a previous, you know. My wife. Well, they were they knew each other, I guess. Let's say biblically, but carnal. I, I do like the scene. So they they they're as Carver is making his big address, his big reveal. They're beating up James Bond in this soundproof like music room. It's kind of funny. He's hitting people with instruments in the background, but you can't cello. hear it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, the cello and everything. That is hilarious. It's, it's almost Stan Lee in uh amazing spider-man movie where he's got his headphones on and he's like yeah conducting except, that, that's, except that's worse <laughs> <laughs> i hated that scene anyway but i do like the uh we'll get there we're doing that one next week Just any all of those the spider-mans <laughs> john's like yeah you have fun yeah yeah right. over there and i think this is great all by yourself <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but anyway so yeah i do like the it's time for a station break and he shuts them all down and carver is embarrassed because his big he fires reveal the hot looking lady yeah he fires her oh you know we skipped over this the cue scene oh you're right i thought we James. oh i was getting out of order here it's okay. This is our podcast. We do what we want. Show you out of order. But yeah, the Q scene is, of course, always a... Where they in- introduce the, the the more GPS tracking system stuff. The remote control for your car. <laughs> I, I, Mrs. Elder got a big laugh where he's like, you know, talk here, listen here. And he's like, so that's what I've been doing wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives him the phone. And you're right, the phone looks like a 90s phone, but it's got the fingerprint scanner. It can, yeah, it can electrocute a, it's, it's bitches. To make a key? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hybrid James Bond gadget. And drive a, a cell car. phone, which we all probably had at the time. Even when... He's kissing the Danish lady. I was like, is he looking for a cell phone or his beep? I couldn't remember if they had cell phones then. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? But uh, not quite an iPhone. We're not there yeah, yet. He's looking but... at, yeah, he's looking at, yeah, it's like the, the ones that could you know, slide up or flip up and you'd get a, a little keyboard and stuff there. Right. Like a sidekick. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, I do love the the car, though. The remote. It's a BMW. Um, just to keep. BMW also supplied the motorcycle for the motorcycle scene. Yeah. There are two BMWs and, and a motorcycle, BMW motorcycle. But there were 17 of them used in the movie because a lot of them got wrecked. It's so funny because I have different numbers, but yeah, 17, between oh. 15 and 18 of those things. Yeah, and I they, think I did. They had to rebuild them. It was tough with this one because there was two different commentary tracks. And then I listened to that audio book like to, to grab some facts out of it. But the, the one with the director is actually super boring. And it just has a guy that's like, so how'd you think of that? Like the whole time. 
Mm. But there's one with the production people that's a little bit better as far as facts and, like, background information. But you get duped by picking commentary number one. But really, you yeah. go for that on James Bond commentaries, if they have multiple ones, if Michael G. Wilson is on the commentary, don't listen to it because he'll always be like, I eh, remember that. Remember how we were there? Remember, <laughs> and that's that's the hotel we stayed at Thunderball. Remember, remember that place? It was it was a beautiful day out that day. And we had, we had like margaritas <laughs> out by the pool. It, they're, they're nothing. It's just him going, remember that? <laughs> like reminiscing it to try to watch the Casino Royale one. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just so boring. Should should be on commentary tracks. It's tough, you know. Some, they could be, yeah, be rough. But. So the after the whole thing, the Elliot Carver sends Paris to go. I don't, I don't even like. I guess so that he can make it look like he murdered her. I suppose or whatever. I don't know. What the, just try to get some information, I suppose. But I don't think he really needs information from James Bond. But there, it's a fun scene. I do like the scene between them because one of my favorite lines of any bond movie when he says why did you marry him and she says he told me he loved me and he says that always sounds good <laughs> so they do a little boot knock him and and then and then she leaves she's like well but she does give him some information on where to get that encoder yes yeah so. it's it's in the ninth floor and you can you can drop in from the roof and climb in there pretty specific james bond (laughs) what does james bond need to know in this situation but also one of the little factoids i saw just on the imd trivia page was that this is the first time that james bond gets involved with somebody that's like a married woman right i did read that yes on the imdb page yeah it's kind of well all the women that he had been that he had bedded through all the movies. This is Everyone the only just, time that, hey, that we knew of that 60s, she was married. 70s, swinging 80s, yeah. swinging her all around. Key parties. Key parties with the key that he makes from his little phone. Yeah. So he does get in there. He brings, yeah, he gets the encoder. He, he looks knocks, like, yeah. yeah, I know. I, I do like that. There's like it's drugs just, and like check yeah. <laughs> porn and stuff. It's like weird shit. I would be like, Ugh, I don't want to touch his porn, but ugh, I, I need that encoder. <laughs> Why do you have to put the copy of Giant Jugs over the encoder? <laughs> and um, the uh, so the that, funny that would thing be a perfect is, time for James Bond to say, "I'm more of a leg man." It is. So he he as he's making his escape, he, he comes across Wei Lin, who he thought was just a journalist, but she is in fact a Chinese secret agent. And when an alarm goes off, the, the guys start shooting. They're shooting at. James Bond, she does this Batman dealie where she shoots the line up and just kind of walks out and she gives him a wave, which is really funny. That's yeah. another funny. Meanwhile, the worst security guards of all time aren't like, what's with the woman on the line walking down the pole? Yeah. Uh, don't pay attention. Like, no, kill that. <laughs> Shoot the guy in the good suit. Right, we're talking about the printing press fight melee, yes. right? Like all that. Yes. Yeah, I gotta say, amazing. when. I know we talked the last time about the British censors. I guess they didn't really like the sound booth stuff. They cut stuff out of that because it was too, I don't know, gnarly for them. But they did this brutal violence in this that like kind of caught me a little off guard when he throws the guy like into the yeah, running just, just, printing press. Just before he throws him into the printing press, he breaks his arm. <laughs> it's like pretty, whoa. There was some other death too. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, the big one at the end. I was like, 
Is that how James Bond behaves? Is that how one of our heroes do? And I've worked as a security guard before, and I'd be like that guy that would get thrown into the printing press. I'd be like, <laughs> I, look, I'm not even allowed to carry a weapon. <laughs> I'd be like, well, take whatever you want, guy. man. Like, take whatever you want. I don't care. That's what I'd say. Well, yeah, I mean, it is kind of uh, throw him into the printing press, and then there's this, bl- you know, blood goes all it's across. Just like when you know, the the they'll print anything these days. It's yeah, like, of course, the zinger. Just to have that line. But you could have said what's black and white and red all over. Although <laughs> oh, that would have been be like, too. It'd be more like one, I guess, Austin Powers would do. Corner, he goes back. Yeah, he gets a call. On his co- oh, that's right. He gets a call from... Elliot Carver says, hey, my lady is in... Yeah. You stole my encoder and my woman. So, bam. And he did do those things. Let's yeah. face it. But anyway, he goes in and Paris is dead. And he's dead. dead. He has dead. been killed by... Dr. Kauf. Well, uh, back up for a second. He's there's a news report playing when he goes into oh, the room. That's like that's saying that that she was killed and this and that. And he's like, "Oh, my poor lady, my poor lady." And then they're like, "And there's a dead guy that we don't know who it is right next to her." And then he's like, yeah. "Okay." This was confusing oh, to me, readability wise, because I didn't understand. Like, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, "Oh, th- this guy leaks the thing," but it wasn't on the air yet it was just the videotape and the guy was playing it right yeah, yeah he has the video this, will, this will appear on the news in an hour he said yeah. tomorrow's news today so but yeah it kind of like this doctor yeah like, i could shoot you from stuttgart and still create the desired effect that's a good line too you yeah. know they have a nice little standoff he uses they're trying to Meanwhile, they're trying to break into his office. Stampa, the henchman, who essentially looks like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Originally, oh, I want to say a couple things, because I read the novelization when the movie came out. In the the book, Stamper can't feel pain, which I think they cut out of the film, because there'll be scenes in it where he gets stabbed, and then he just... But they had another Bond villain. Who was the other guy who couldn't feel pain? It's in the next one. It's the next one. They probably were like, well, we cut it out of the last one. We can use it in the next one. And also... Bond's escape from the the printing place, the newspaper printing place. I can't speak. Uh, but you know how he he gets out on that little like rolly thing that you use to get under your car and stuff like that. In in the book, I was like, I hope this isn't in the movie when I saw it, and it wasn't. In the book, <laughs> he does like gets on top of a a giant ream of paper there, like a big roll, and does the log thing where guys run on the top <laughs> of the log. Yeah, that would have been awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is... Like, what I was reading, I was like, this is either the best thing I've read or the worst, and I think it's the worst. It's like, but I can picture it being in the movie, and I still can picture it being in the movie. I can now. picture uh, that, too, and I picture... Well, it was, like, obviously, bad guys, it was probably in the script at one point. The bad guy's running on the paper... That it's rolling, unrolling like toilet paper, <laughs> and they're like keep slipping as they're trying to catch up with them, oh, and then he turns yeah. it around and then squishes them. Oh, perfect! We'll put that. In the I back. could hear that sound effect, that cartoon sound. <laughs> you know that like <laughs> they try to run. <laughs> yeah, like the Flintstones or whatever. Yeah. So while uh, while Bond is like being held at gunpoint by Doctor Kaufman. The other yeah. Stampa is outside, Ow. and they're taking sledgehammers to the the car, and they can't do anything. They keep getting electrocuted, and right. and just as he's about to kill Bond, 
he gets yeah. a call from Stamper saying, hey, we can't get into the car. We yeah, need- can't tell him the secret yeah. to get into the car. Because that's where he's I got like, the GPS coder there. That's where he has the encoder. Yeah, and it's that's kit. totally its kit. Like, the car is, like, sentient and has Siri. And it's like, oh, you're not getting into me. And they're, yeah, literally snatching. How did they even film that? Like, they had sledgehammers <laughs> banging it into glass. And it was like, oh, well, I don't probably, think they were probably, like, foam rubber, you know. Yeah, but they added the sound effect in to make it seem like it was really... Bad sound movie, by the way. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. There's some bad yeah, HR in this movie, too. So he uses the phone again, uh, the, the awesome 97 cell phone, to, he says, okay, yeah, you just press. Here's what you do. This. Send. Yeah, and then yeah. it shocks And then him. when he when he hits send, it electrocutes him. Yeah. So that's pretty. Electrocutes Kaufman, not James. Oh, yes. Because it actually works out perfect. He's like, yeah, I'll do it, yeah. And then, yeah, he electrocutes him. But then he, sh- then he also the line that John and I borrowed for one of our movies that we never filmed. It's a professional doing a job. And he yeah. says, me, me too. Boom! Although I think in our version we said, so am I. And I think so that's actually a better line. Yeah. I think that was the second death that I was a little bit shocked at how well, You know what? I, I, that was one of the things I wish they did more, like when Brosnan would turn on the, the grit. You know? And you saw that there was like a darkness under underneath his, you know, I'm going to drink fancy fucking wine and martinis and eat caviar and shit. And then he'd be like, I'm just going to fucking shoot this guy in the head, you know? Well, I do. I mean, he did. I think because it wasn't much, we didn't get much of Paris Carver. I think, we, but yeah, I think he's he's getting revenge for her. Yeah. But we didn't, you know, you don't feel oh, as much sure. she wasn't in it enough. But uh, I agree. But he I, I, with I, a I, smile on his face in a weird way that... I find just weird. I don't know. I can't really describe it. <laughs> so anyways, he goes. Now he can drive the car, obviously, because he's... Yeah, he hops down. He's like, he, well, Stamper yeah. sees him escape, and he's like, shit, the dude's on his way. And then, yeah, he starts the car up with his phone and mm-hmm. opens the window, which they pointed out in Mr. Sunday Movies. If he had just gotten in the front seat, he could have drove it. And then... But we would have missed out on this awesome... Which I think awesome is scene. the best scene of the movie. And as I was right. saying to you, to in text messages a while back that I think it was Brosnan at his most bondiest where he's in the back seat playing with all the gadgets when the tires when he runs over the spikes that they leave out and then his tires reinflate and he's like ha 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 and it's like I remember the trailer that shot in the trailer everyone cheered for it those are oh that's right yeah sorry yeah he's got missiles he's got that thing that comes out of the he's got a GPS tracking system yeah it's got a GPS It's got but, that thing that comes out of the, the front of the BMW logo thing that you, you would only ever use if someone tried to put a wire thing. across. Yeah. 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 There's no At other that exact to level. But right. the, the other thing is that the, the director wanted to – he wanted to outdo the tank scene. So this was his scene to one-up the action in this and the mo- motorcycle scene too. What can we do here? Oh, he'll be driving cars in the back seat. Well, that'll be cool. It'll be a fun way to figure out how we're going to film that and whatever. Yeah, what do you think? Pretty... Do you think it's better than the tank scene? No. I, I do. I do too. Uh, I, I think it's more fun. It is. It's very fun. But you didn't let Clay answer. I, no, I, I, I muted myself as <laughs> oh. I was trying to say that. I didn't think that. I didn't think either one is uh, better than the other. I didn't, didn't really think about it. In that way, I didn't think about it in that way until right now. 
now that's all I can think about. I do like the tank. I like them both. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I enjoy the tank saying, scene. Don't get me wrong. I'm always but... I'm always really scared I'm going to hit something in a parking garage. So to do those high-speed Tokyo Drift kind of things in the fucking parking garage is pretty awesome. Agreed. Well, apparently they had to do reshoots, and they did, in fact, shoot it in, like, a mall parking. They shot the reshoots. They didn't have money or, to go back to Germany where they originally shot it. So they just shot it in, like, a mall parking lot, and they had had to put up posters all around the mall saying, like, don't worry about those explosions. The <laughs> Maybe they could have been but like... Someone apparently did call the cops on them. Oh, really? Wow. They could have been so like, smoke. why did we go to Germany to film this in the first place? We could have just, yeah, gone, we could have just gone to any mall. Yeah. Go to the Hanover Mall. Yeah. It depends how much... I don't, know, I don't know how much they had to shoot. It's sort of weird at the end. Well, also the gag, the payoff gag, because when Q gives him the car, he's dressed as the Avis rental company, like spokes, like like a yeah, with the red jacket, agent, yeah, yeah. Um, which we were having a good laugh about that part where he keeps going down the list of like the insurance and this and that, and but then he he drives the car off the edge, hops out, and then drives Completely it off the right. edge of the garage into an Avis rental, yeah, like yeah. store. So he returns, but he doesn't That's know basically. that it's gonna go back. He doesn't know where it's gonna go. He could have killed a million people doing that. Exactly. This is a, yeah. and I'm going to bring this up when we talk about the beginning of the next movie. How many people he almost ki- like every movie in a chase he almost kills about ninety people you know, <laughs> yeah. to get one per. You know, like we got to get that one guy because you know, he's got the plans that could kill three people. But meanwhile, I'm going to put seventy five thousand people's lives in danger. You know. <laughs> And Thurston hey. was saying uh, last time about the Perrier sponsorship and, and whatnot with the tank scene, that mm-hmm. here's something I found out, which is that they covered all of their production expenses with sponsorships, including yeah. this huge one from Avis. And yeah. it was, I don't even know if that's been done since. Or that maybe that's how they only do stuff now. Who knows? They I don't know how all that money stuff works in Hollywood. Well, they do a lot of it in Jane's Bond, that's for sure. It's not I, I even, well, like they don't even hide it. They're just like, yeah. here it is. You want a little? I'll drop a little knowledge. Oh, this yeah, was the something. first time they used a Walter P99. Jane's Bond had always used a Walter PPK, uh-huh. and and Walter wanted to change it up and update the pistol, so he used a Walter P99. It's just a little handgun. It's not like a huge, but that's like more product. Wait, literally the, the gun company. Daniel Craig went back to the PPK, but oh, someone someone that was knowledgeable about guns had told me that like PPK would be like a real shit gun for a spy to have. But I might I just think, be remembering that wrong. I mean, I think that's why the, I think that's why Walter wanted to update it a little because it's, I don't think it was it was just old. You know, it was like an yeah. old style gun. But. It says sales of real and toy replica Walter P99 went through the roof. So even oh. the toy guns that I wasn't allowed to have went through the roof. Actually, yeah, it's 1907. I was plenty old enough to buy my own toys or real guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 21 years old or whatever. Anyways, that's the the big scene. It, caught, it took him three weeks to shoot that. It's 15 to 17, which however many... BMWs went down the shitter, but it's worth it. It's a great scene. And even if you're going, like, John, you talk about, like, watching yeah, a few minutes. YouTube YouTube clips. Yeah. yeah. YouTube clips. This, is, that's this the would one. be the YouTube clip to watch. Yeah. Go watch that one. Because it's just yeah. the right amount of everything. It's the <clears throat> right amount of action, the right length, the right amount of humor, 
And it's unlike the motorcycle scene, which I also enjoyed. It doesn't go on forever. You know, that just is like, okay. You guys, this is going on for like 20 minutes now. Can we <laughs> get to where we need to go? Because this movie is a lot in terms of, if you compare this to the previous movie, it seems as though like this is a J.J. Abrams movie where each scene is just to get to another action scene, you know, yeah. another set piece kind of thing. I don't, I don't uh, mind that. This movie it, well, well, it's kind of James. It's like a James Bond, although there's less like exotic locations and stuff in this one than, than in a lot of other ones. Uh, if we want to, yeah, we, so in the motorcycle scene, we don't need to go through the whole plot, right? I don't know. Yeah, do so yeah, I think they, they find out that the ship was taken off course by GPS by Carver, and then he, they get captured by Carver, and then they escape by jumping out the window hanging on to a big yeah. banner carver's face smashes it then they get onto a motorcycle and there's a chase yeah they're handcuffed together of course i remember this from when the movie came out roger spotted food told each of them to get on the front of the motorcycle and so they have this nice little fight him and michelle yo so like know, a real drive yeah, yeah. a real fight and that's the just like that's in just the like a terry hatcher fight with pierce Brosnan. right all right <laughs> You were throwing up? That's bullshit. So, but no, the motorcycle chase is also a very fun chase. It does go a little long, but I like the banter and he's telling her when to pop the clutch because she's riding. He's got one arm. He can only use one arm because she's using, she's handcuffed the other one. It's yeah. it's fun. It's some great yeah. stuff. And she can watch what's going on behind them because she has to, she has yeah. to turn herself around to get the, see what's yeah. going on there. It's That's pretty fun. cool. I thought, and her little hideout is cool too. I thought that was a husband and wife that that did that motor the stunts for that motorcycle. It could be wrong though. I'm doing really? this all by memory, so I sure. didn't, you know we'll go with that. Yeah, but the, in scenes you can see the obvious the obvious arm extension like they're sewn into each other's sleeve, you know, in certain <laughs> right. shots and like well it's a little rough, but you know, it's no the CG wasn't as as big of a thing. Although the helicopter blades when they're so that's another thing. It's too a lot of people being put in danger because of these two. Yeah, why did the yeah. helicopter like? There's no think, way okay, that a helicopter could do that. Yeah, no. we'll just that's why cut they them CGI'd up. the blades. Like, what a weird thing to to decide to do instead of like shooting at them or whatever. Let's just chop them up in the blades. They're on the ground. We're up in the sky. Funny enough, yeah. I just saw this helicopter do this amazing rescue where he kind of does get that close to a person, and like stops oh. on the on this mountain. And the his skis or whatever at the bottom of the helicopter dug into the mountain. They're able to grab this guy, put him in there, and they're and then like fly away. And the guy's narrative is, "I'm a helicopter pilot. This is nearly impossible." What this guy just said is totally a James Bond move. Oh, all right. Maybe I spoke to soon. The problem here uh, after the motorcycle scene, I feel like the movie kind of just goes yeah downhill. Yeah. Yeah, it just it comes to it's like like all the good stuff has happened. Now we just right. have to now we have to go through the stuff that ends the movie. You know. Yeah, I, I feel like, like a lot of it all... was a, a script problem too. I don't think we mentioned it. Maybe you did before, but like Anthony Hopkins was supposed to play. Um, yeah, Carver. Carver, yeah, did, but he yeah, was did. on set for three days and was like, "This is this is too fucked. You guys are like not. I don't know what's going on here. It's too chaotic." You know, Pierce said it was a nightmare to shoot this movie. It was like a real pain in the ass. And Anthony I guess Hopkins they... left for Zorro. Yeah, yeah. he went directed to film by... Mask of Zorro. Yeah. Directed by Martin Campbell. Yeah. Oh, whatever. And, and then just the, the other thing is that they were just, they, 
it's actually chronologically in the movie. They were still writing the movie, so they had to put a lot of stuff on the stealth ship. So, like, that's a disproportionate amount of stuff that happens there because they were hadn't written the whole movie. They didn't know what was going on with it. So they yeah, David Arnold talked about there. scoring this movie and how he had to score it in chunks. And he was like, it was hard to develop themes when you didn't know what was going to happen later. So you couldn't, you know, tie things in together. Music. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little rough. So we, we get Joe Don Baker again. He basically tells them where it is. And yeah, and they have to go to the stealth ship for like another half an hour. And it's just, it's, it's kind of like a. Joe Don just... Baker was one of the ones that we laughed at where he's like, he didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> for some reason that made us laugh. Uh-huh. And this, and when they're in Wayland's little like hideout place and Pierce puts his hand down on the dragon's head and it shoots that big burst of flame. Oh and, yeah. And his real like, oh, so, ah, ah, and like, uh, the, <laughs> Mrs. Elder was like, I was not expecting that. And she like laughed for 10 minutes. So we had to pause the movie. Oh, yeah. That's good. Let, let the laughter ensue. Entertaining. Yeah. You got to let the laughter ensue these days, especially. She has all those secret panels and all the weapons and stuff in there. That, how did I know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's I what know, happens Joe when. Roth's wife has secret weapons and panels. <laughs> well, in, in John's Star Trek bathroom. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so, yeah, we don't have to change. The only thing that I kind of am a little meh is like that. So that Wayland gets captured and James Bond has to like save her. You know, and yeah. It's kind of like, that's well, that's, play, whatever. James Bond's the main character, so you got to do that. Yeah. Right. That's she true. was still pretty plenty strong on her own, though, as far as even movies of that time compared to stuff in media now. She was badass and is badass. All You're head. right. Yeah. All no, if, there are couple, if this there are was couple, made now, it probably wouldn't have. Yeah. There are a couple weird model shots in there that made me chuckle. Like some of the, the battleship shots weren't very yeah. good. And the one where they go under the stealth ship in their little raft. Yeah. It's not a bad shot. It's just real funny because the little people on there like. <laughs> the model work in GoldenEye was top notch. Yes. And I, you know what? Creating a wake in water where the models is very difficult so props to them right. for, for doing that pretty well but there were some wonky shots but not enough to ruin it yeah me. i mean if you watch old godzilla movies and stuff, you can see you can tell when it's like on a bathtub you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's hard to do miniatures in water it's really just not a great yeah you, know, you can't miniaturize water and now water. everything's just cgi so it doesn't matter you know yeah. but in 97 they had to do it practically. yeah yeah so yeah, you know, he, he comes out. Yeah, Stemper is there. He's mad that Doctor he killed Dr. Kaufman. He's like, he was my... You're jumping all over the place. Are we on model. the stealth ship or are we on the thing? That yeah, was... well, no, Stemper's still there. Yeah, but well, I guess I, I did jump back a bit yeah. to give well, that line. Anyway, I don't know, big fights. The way Stamper got uh, cast was that she was on the phone with someone in her office and I don't know, her secretary sent this actor in to, you know, try out for the role of Stamper and she's on the phone. And then this tall blonde guy comes in. She's like, I have to call you back. A beautiful blonde man just walked into my office. You know, apparently like... she said, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, apparently she said, you have 20 minutes and then I'm big. I'm handsome. Like, you know, I'm scary. I can play the bad guy. So anyway, go ahead. Clay. I was just going to say, he, he reminds me of that Spider-Man character, Mr. Negative. And every time I saw him, I was like, oh, Mr. Negative is in this movie? 
Mr. Negative? Yeah, like, Mr. Negative's on our podcast. That's right. <laughs> that Choose your fighter. So the part I want to talk about, though, was how he how he kills Elliot Carver in the most action yeah. movie lame way possible. It's, yeah, I, I think you and I talked about it a long time ago when the movie came out about how he should have done it. But go on. Well, I mean, so he turns on this drill. Elliot Carver's got him there at gunpoint. He turns on this drill thing and... Yeah, the drill like, from the beginning of the movie that we didn't even talk about. Yeah. I don't even know what the point of the drill was. I, I didn't understand the physics of a drill that could just kind of, like, go up through a ship or something. I didn't know how that works, but that it works. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Just to make it look like the ship sank by torpedo or something yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't never know a torpedo that would go up and down and around and it's like a that bullet from jfk back into the lift <laughs> so he turns the drill on secretly because carver's yeah. there talking a gigantic drill yeah. yeah don't you hear what's going on well yeah. there's a lot of explosions and probably there's that guy that looks like oh, who's like why can't i think of his name mr negative no, not Mr. Day. He's one of like he's got like a headset on, and he was in. I I pierced the toast. That guy, Nathan, something. The, Nathan the Lane. Nathan Lane and Jim Carrey got mushed together, and he looked like <laughs> him. You know who I'm talking about? That guy. Uh, yes, that guy. He ends up knocking the gun out of his hand. Bond does. He grabs him. Here, I'm gonna give the people what they want or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh, so, and he holds him there. And, and then the let's go. And then he's like, ah! and then jumps out of the way. And yeah, for, there's like at least 30 seconds where Elliot Carver could have jumped out of the way. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I feel like what he should have done was taken him and thrown him right into the drill. Right. Instead of, that way, instead of just leaving him there to cop. there and then going, <laughs> no, you know, you take his gun and shoot him. <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. But that's less, <laughs> that's less dramatic. Like throw him right in there and then you get the blood splatter on the wall. Yeah, and then he said then he could come up with a better quip than a better things that you were talking about, Clay. That you you thought was just, a little too violent. I guess I don't know if it's I. Does James Bond never arrest the guy? I know he's got a license. To yeah, kill, he but, does. He arrests know. the guy, Inspector, and everybody hated that movie. Ah, so that's why you don't do it. But that was Bond twenty something. Twenty four. Twenty four. In the previous 23 movies, that he ever arrested anybody? Yeah, like, this guy is going to, because this guy now would get arrested. And then, the and then face no consequences. So he's yeah, like, he yeah. so it doesn't matter. Just kidding. Don't cut this, cut that all out. But, no, uh, yeah. Sorry. But you're right. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, at this point, it's just the climax to, yeah. to you know, every action movie. But the, he's not, that's not even the main climax, really, because the big thing is killing Stempa. Yeah. Who has captured Waylin, chained her up, and then, then he drops her in, the, in water. the water. And she's down there for a while. Yeah, Harry Houdini kind of shit. 40 yeah. seconds or something. And, yeah, she must really be able to hold her breath. Meanwhile, they do that thing, like you said, John, where he stabs him, and he doesn't seem to really, he kind of just... Yeah, smiles. that's why That's why it's, it's he's able to pull the knife out, because the guy didn't have, you know, feel any pain. Right. Then he's able to cut him, cut himself free of Stamper. Yeah. yeah. Go was that, did up. you just get that from the book, or did they mention that in the movie at all? They don't they, mention it in the movie. It was in. I was in the book. Maybe they should have, because you know, I yeah. was just like, oh, this guy's 
Maybe, I just thought he had Kevlar on or whatever, but yeah, Kevlar stops bullet, not knives. I don't know. But yeah, he ends up pulling the knife jacket out and then using it to cut his vest so he can die. So he can fall in. Meanwhile, GPS on it. Yeah, Yeah. GPS jacket. (laughs) And so the boat blows up. He's underneath. He's trying to rescue Waylon. He he does the mouth to mouth underwater thing. Which does that even work? I don't know. But you know, I think about too is the fact that she was attached by a chain, and that chain should come falling right down on the right. (laughs) That also drag them way down now. I was trying to figure out the physics of it too because she was doing this thing with her arms, kind of. But I guess she didn't have enough leverage to pull them. She could kick her was her legs tied to. I don't fucking. I don't know. It was it was a James Bond movie. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. We shouldn't analyze the physics at all. James Bond physics. Yeah, the point is, he, so they're kind of kissing. Is I guess like that's the thing, right? Because yeah. even though they weren't, she wasn't one of his girlies, you know, or whatever. But he does. They do have to touch lips, and so he can save her life. And even though we exhale carbon dioxide, it probably still would save the life. Oh Jesus, the physics. I don't know, but yeah, we're so they not get scientists. Back up. You're right, <laughs> but neither are the writers. But that's okay. Yeah, you get like eight writers on this thing. This is the best they could do, I guess. But yeah, in this amount of time, well, in it's... time for in time for MGM to have their stock thing, they're like, "Look at, <laughs> he's just gonna kiss her and save her." All right, it's fucking James yeah. Bond. Who cares? Something he, like he, that. He he ejected a guy into a plane earlier and blew him up. What? <laughs> You're really gonna <laughs> gonna make a big You're deal? Gonna... <laughs> that guy Donald Westlake who wrote the Parker novels. I guess he wrote on this thing too. Or oh. submitted a draft oh, or something. There was a contest for that, too. Oh. It's a contest for everything. <laughs> it's a contest of champions. I'd like, I'd like to... Uh, so, okay, so the, that's the end of the movie, essentially. Yeah, like that's they, the end they, of the movie on the raft. Yeah, the ship is like, hello, Mr. Bond, we, got, we can uh, wear it in, we can, we can save you guys. And they're like, should we do it? No, let's make out. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to go. Since... Yeah, I guess they're dead. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe go onto their boat, take a shower, yeah. and be like, we're staying in, we're fucking, we just saved the world. Like, we're bunking They know in. that when they get on that on that ship, though, they're going to have to, like, do all this paperwork, you know, be oh, debriefed. Yeah, yeah, and they just want to do it. So yeah. they're willing to just float out in the middle of the ocean. Raft they're like, up. don't worry, I've got a GPS tracking system. <laughs> I'd like we'll to find our way home thanks to our GPS. <laughs> so here's the thing with this movie. It was released the same weekend as Titanic. That's right. Which the best line Pierce Brosnan said when he was doing his promotion for this movie, I remembered that they were like, well, geez, are you worried about Titanic? Because this movie is that's, it's going to be huge. And he's like, look, at their movie, it takes three hours to sink a ship. Our, our, a ship goes down in ours in the first reel. And that was his, <laughs> <laughs> his response to the Titanic thing. That's, that's good... awesome. Yeah. And I guess they were filming it, the underwater scenes, in the same studio right after each other. Oh, it could be a crossover. I wonder if they were, aha, see, our two characters can stay on this little raft and live. Yeah. Or, or they also don't get me. the bends when, they, when they're when they underwater there earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It made $333 million or so worldwide, but it is the only good for fourth highest grossing of 97. Obviously, Titanic. You know, only fourth highest. That's everything. still pretty good. Yeah, it's better Look, than I did that year. It's really good. 
but yeah, and it also it opened number two opening weekend, like I said, um, yeah. because of Titanic. But it's kind of funny because like I don't know, I, I figured Titanic probably sold out a lot. I bet a lot of people probably went a to see spill this. Spillover business. Yeah, spillover business. What but, else we uh, got? We got Boogie Nights, Batman and Robin, Contact, The Game. The best. Well, Batman of all those movies, I would watch Batman and Robin first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Roger Moore, there's a James Bond connection there. Hey, there you go. Devil's Advocate. Goodwill Hunting. That was 97? Hmm. Yeah. It's a long time ago, huh? Oh, shit. 25 there's years? Their favorite years? Liar, Liar. I never saw that one. I don't know. You ever saw you Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey? No, I never You're did. You're lying right now. Yeah, see? <laughs> no, I never did. I never saw it. Tom I remember the trailer. Spawn. It was me. Yeah, I remember. Oh, Spawn. That was. We saw that. That was a PAX theater. And that movie was so bad. <laughs> that movie is so bad. There's another James Bond movie by the name of Austin Powers International Man of Mystery that came out. I remember when Gold Member came out, there was a whole thing with the, the Bond producers and the Mike Myers about, like, you know, if you're going to keep, you know, in order to use that title, you're going to have to run our trailer in front of your movie. And they did all this stuff. The Bond producers get real, you know. Hey, that's savvy, angle, sense, I guess. but also I guess. very, that's fun. I think that's pretty good. That's good <laughs> for everybody. Everybody wins. I suppose yeah. so, but it it does seem like they come across as a little bit of bullying at times with their, like, you just... I think they'll sue at, like, the drop of a hat. <laughs> Here's what I want to say about this movie, talking about how, oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. This was the first DVD I ever bought. Um, oh, yeah. I remember reading in a magazine. Whoa. Paper like magazine. The Carver yeah, magazine. Yeah, no, it wasn't a Carver magazine. It was, like, a movie Big magazine. Junk. Not it wasn't just. <laughs> it was like Cinemascape or whatever. One of those movies. Oh, Cinemascape, the, the magazine that we were in with the Secret Monkey. Uh, yeah. And then they went out of business like immediately after that. Yeah, we won their. Uh, we were a t- finalist in their yeah. contest, right? Their- yeah. See, so look at. I didn't lose every single. Co- well, I didn't win that contest, but I placed. Unlike the I mean, who the hell box. won? Who cares? Like, yeah, who cares? Don't know. No, no one even remembers that magazine. No, or the secret monkey. It was like ten DVDs that you should own or whatever, and this oh. was one of them. And I said, "Oh!" And I, the day I bought my DVD player at Twitter for like three hundred dollars. <laughs> this is again more, more like here's date, here's how long ago it was. I got I it. I read it in the magazine. The I bought it at Twitter today. His was an today. old fuck. I am. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say? Play. I, I I was literally talking to somebody about the Twitter Center earlier today, and that's how old I am. I liked Twitter. I bought a lot of stuff there. Like, I don't know, it was high-end stuff, but it wasn't snooty or whatever. But I remember there was one in Hanover, across from the Hanover Mall, which is where they could have Germany. Uh, and I bought my, I bought my DVD player, and I bought Tomorrow Never Dies, and I bought Boogie Nights. But I considered Tomorrow Never Dies like the first one because it was like one of those nice, big, thick cases, you know, with like the booklets and the whole. St- thing. Did it have the steel cover? Oh, didn't have the steel cover. But I was very excited. You know what's nice about that DVD is it's just got an all music track. Oh, I don't, I don't so, even remember. Which that. includes cues. I mean, that aren't on the soundtrack. Like that the, has the, that on my cue, uh, like the guy, Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, it's got a, a 
yeah, music cue where it's where it's does <laughs> well and singing all your favorite standards. <laughs> singing tomorrow <laughs> never. <laughs> Anyways, so I don't know. It, I guess maybe for that reason, it kind of has a special place in my heart. DVD was one thing that I was on board from the beginning. It took me a while to get into CDs and stuff. I was like, I like my tapes, man. But DVDs, I'm like, no, I'm doing this. DVDs, I was there from the beginning and uh, I thought it was great. I even, I think I helped convince the video store owner, our boss, Mike, that he needs to get on this DVD train. Yeah. Of course, it probably put him out of business, but but he is going to go out of business regardless because that's right. just the way it was going. It's All heading video that stores way. out yeah. of business. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's cool. The first DVD. It's a little piece of Durson trivia there. I oh, don't nice. really remember watching this movie in the theater or anything. I was in college. I saw it so. like five oh. times in the theater. I wow. really was into it. Mm. Well, you had already been. You were lubed up from. Uh, Golden eyes times. Yeah, look at I was a Bond fan from from the eighties on. You know, so yeah. The first Bond movie I saw in the theater was A View to a Kill. That's how old I am. Movie yeah. theaters were still a thing. It was it was the movie theater that was where the Caldors was in in Norwell, North Dakota. Oh right. Norwell, North Dakota. Yeah. That, there was yeah. like a one screen theater there for a while. Wow. And then I saw the I saw Timothy Dalton's Living Daylights at that theater in Pembroke, North Dakota, which only had like two screens. That now it's like a you know, it's a pool company or something. <laughs> My God, there used to be a lot of movie theaters. Yeah, they just in like, like little, yeah, the little one off movie theaters everywhere, you know, they would have like one or two screens and they would just and they just went away. And they all became yeah. multiplexes. And I had to travel to South Dakota for all that. Multipass. That's true. Now yeah, they're all Every theater now is is fancy. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you scoff at my being from North Dakota, but we have the coronavirus under control here. So, oh, with oh, yeah. poo pooing North There's Dakota, only like three people that live there. So, well, they not they're not a little more sick. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Maybe you can start going to movie theaters again. Since... Well, they don't have any anymore. They all went out of business after the the Living Daylights. I just looked up this Forbes article, and I wanted to tell you that Tomorrow Never Dies comes in at number seven gross-wise, and GoldenEye trails behind it at $106 million. Wow. So, well, that's interesting. Skyfall I mean, the, I, I think it's, it's, the best it's funny because a lot of times... Skyfall, the clear one. Yeah, but for yeah, all adjusted, the gonna... adjusted for inflation, though. Like, uh, like, yeah, I can never. It, it's a, it's like Thunderball and Skyfall are right around the same amount. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean it's funny how like all of it, like it's yeah. not really <laughs> a sequel, right? They have to have all of it. And you know, it's not really a sequel. I mean, in a way, it kind of is because Goldeneye brought back the James Bond franchise, kind of in a way. So like it's yeah. But like sequels almost always make more money, even though they're not always as good. But Empire Strikes Back made more. Originally than Star Wars because it's that just really like, old movie. The anticipation, yeah, that really old movie with the walking thingies. That's how old I am. I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater. That's how old I am. I watched the, the Spider-Man cartoon with Mr. Negative in it before this. <laughs> me? Uh, well, <laughs> Mr. Negativity, Love not me. Mr. Negative. Anyways, I don't know. So tomorrow never dies. Is that? You got any final thoughts? Do you want to? 
give us your final thoughts. I can start. Let me start. Let me start. You start. Because I this is like the Waylon and James Bond part where we're no, you try, you try. I give this movie a solid B plus. It's not my favorite James Bond movie. I do like how prescient it is. It was good, good to watch this now in 2021, considering people like Jeff Bezos and and Steve Jobs, who I admire, and then other political people who shall not be named. Seeing that 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 was all kind of cool, and I like the tech stuff. Is it the best James Bond movie? No, but it's pretty good. It's a B plus. That's all I have to say. Very well. Who who goes next? I'm going next. All right. Oh, sorry if I hit my microphone there. Edit like that it. out. Yeah, edit that out. I like it. I I loved it at the time. It was one of the few. It was one of the last movies I saw in the theater with my father on Christmas Day. My father, oh, myself, and memory. my sister, because we have a very small family. And, so, mm-hmm. and I was working at a pizza place at the time. So, and all the neighbors had a bunch of their families over. Whereas, like, you know, I had, I have one cousin and I had one set of grandparents. But I didn't even have a set of grandparents at that time anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so we made jokes about watching all the neighbors bringing their packages in with their Christmas packages and this and that. And I had those pizza bags. I talked about this before. I don't remember if I talked about it on the show, but that was the joke is that we were going to be carrying those out to the car and being like, we've got packages too. We've got packages. And they're red. Yeah. Yeah. So every Christmas up until my father's passing and even still we'll make the joke about packages. We'll look at packages. So James Bond and packages and Christmas, you know, that's what I get out of it. And I think it's a fun movie watching it for the first time in years. I, I had a really good time watching it. There, I mean, there's plenty to nitpick, but overall, is a solid James Bond movie. I don't think it's one that stands out. You know, it, it's you know, it's like it, it's like how Roger Moore had a bunch of movies, and you're like, is that the one where he, you know, it, the Brosnan ones start to blend together at this point. But mm. I like it. I will give it an A minus. Oh, I, I think it's better than a B plus. Like if I could give it in between an A minus and a B plus, that's what I would. Yeah, do. yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably meet you right there. And I, I just like to, this, uh, this touching. And Brazen looks real good. That that you had about was basically based on shame that you didn't have other, <laughs> other fam, other families visiting you or, or anything like that. Well, mostly... the thing was on Christmas Eve we were over at my cousin's and they were playing The Incredible World of James Bond on TV. So. Which was promoting this movie, so it was still Ready. more James Bond. So yeah. I I agree with you. I think and I'm not done yet. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Go I'm ahead. Kidding. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I think what I said earlier about eh, it doesn't really. I think it's sort of because it tails off at the end. Mm. It's kind of why it's not. It doesn't. It's not a bad movie, but I I think it's how it ends doesn't. It kind of ends on a you know like a well all right that's it, like. It sort of takes it down a little bit, but I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it's a fun movie. Really, the first, you know, first hour, hour and a half, or whatever. Really, it's very, it's really fun, and I, I don't have any problems with it. Really, I mean, yeah, you can nitpick, like you said, but I like some of the writing is is funny. Like I said, some of the lines, the James Bond one-liners, I love. You know, I love that stuff. I love the like I said, the line. When you said he told me he loved me, and he says that always sounds good. I always thought that was a great. I mean, that's a great. A man. It's such a great man line in a way. I know it's kind man. of terrible, but you know, like stupid. Uh, the two big action pieces, 
you know, and now we see that stuff in every Fast and Furious movie or whatever. But I mean, back then it was, and it's still fun. Those two scenes definitely hold up. Like you said, it's very appreciated. The Elliot Carver, I think he was ahead of the game, ahead of his time writing that character. So, uh, yeah, very, very cool. uh, This was one of uh, the few James Bond movies since Sean Connery that Gene Siskel liked. Oh, about that. Uh, I'll even I'll even push to meet up with the with an A minus if I just remember how great Michelle Yeoh is because she is pretty yeah. great. She brings a lot to this movie. That's she definitely to have another does. action it's... hero. You don't have two James Bonds in a movie typically. You know that's true. Yeah, it's true. She definitely adds a lot to I the mean, movie. Uh, technically, they had a 006 in the last 006. movie, but it wasn't. He was a bad guy. I know. I'm just, I'm just Let's trying go. to yeah, poke holes. Right, right. no. yeah. But I mean, yeah, no, she because she's right there with him in most of these scenes, especially the motorcycle scene. So it's yeah, she's great. And at the time, she was big, you know. Yeah, right after this, she right around this time. I think it was after that was the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, I think it was the next year. Should have won Best Picture. Unbelievable movie, Crouching Tiger. So, yeah, I think you know. I don't know. I don't know about letter grades. I guess. I mean, I would say an eight. I don't know. How does that work? Yeah, eight. <laughs> I just felt. I just felt thrown in the letter. But eight is good. No, I mean, I'll give it an A minus two. If you're, you know, I'll throw it. I don't know. I remember we got to do a big fight of what's not a big fight, but like I, we said something was a seven, and you thought that we were shitting on it, and I said oh, seven's good. Doesn't, yeah, remember, seven doesn't sound good to me. I think we did talk you about. You were like that. only a seven. Okay. No, if you I, want to I talk like about Jesus, like you, talking about it on the internet. If you want to talk about nitpicks, there's one thing that always happens in in like a lot of movies, but th- it happened in this one. Like Michelle Yeoh grabs just some shirt that's like hanging on a, <laughs> a thing. She's like, "This is my shirt now." And also, like they do this. I don't know if they do this in foreign countries and in, in general or whatever, but just this is my bike now. I ride away on my bike, and then and then she has three or four bikes in her loft already. Are you gonna recycle? Is it like blue bikes? You have to bring a couple of those outside, maybe for somebody else to use. Yeah, she didn't even give her a credit card, you know, to to get the bike out it's, of it's the. It's so funny. I always thing. think about stuff that no one else maybe thinks about, or maybe people do, but I just have to say it. Yeah, it's like in movies, no one ever says goodbye when they hang up the phone. Just, just hang it up. Yeah, everyone just hangs up. So goodbye. I like how sometimes people are steering, they're driving a car, and they're just moving their hands across the steering wheel. I used to think that's how you drove when I was a kid. I used to think when you drive, you just you just move your hands. Like, that's you how old I am. You didn't even just need like, to steer. You just move your hands. That's how yeah. old I am. I'm I so remember that when I you use, little... use your phone to drive your car. Yeah, I use a sidekick <laughs> to drive my car. Oh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, the, tech, the technology is actually good in this movie. I mean... Even for old old guys, I guess, but uh, mostly it was ahead of the game with with Elliot Carver and all that. But uh, Michelle Yeoh, adds, there's a lot of positives about this movie. Definitely more positive than negative. So yeah. might be the we'll other s- way around for the next one. Yeah, the next one, I don't yeah, know. I was just gonna say, that I haven't seen that movie in a long, long time. I it's gonna be off. tough. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. The world is not enough. It's gonna be the world is pretty rough. I'm gonna have enough. Oh yeah, 
But originally it was called the blurls is not enough, but there was a typo, so they... Blurst of time! <laughs> Eight right. is not enough. Do you guys have anything you want to uh, hype up or no, talk I about? I hyped up everything last time, and now I've got a broken arm, and... Oh, all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Viz, Viz Media or Viz.com? I think it's Viz.com. Um, Pay for John's doctor bills. Yeah. Clay, what do you have I going on? I got I think this is great.com for another style of podcast. And uh, that's about it. That's all I want to talk about. It's fine. Okay. That's and uh, yeah, you can check out anything you want. I got still got RobinHoodConflict.com. My interview is still up there. The link to it. My interview with massmovement.co.uk. Uh, all the links are there. Link to I'm back on T Public. All right. Uh, all that stuff out and check out all of our stuff at leakpodcast.com. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm donating a, uh, a design to you right now. So if you could include that on your T Public page, that would be great. That's you can have t-shirt. 100% of it. Thank you. Thank you. Hashtag Bonton Abbey. Bonton Abbey. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you, chumps, in about half an hour. Recording <laughs> another episode. Today. All right. See you later. Sayonara. BMW 750. All the usual refinements. Machine guns, rockets, the GPS tracking system. Welcome. Please fasten seatbelt and obey all instructions for a safe trip. Thought you'd pay more attention to a female voice. I think we've met. <laughs>